Is there a sin that can't be forgiven? And if so, what does that mean for us? Welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm Zach Griffin, and uh, with me is Logan Bruce. We are the hosts of Bearing Up, uh, the podcast on Christian encouragement. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Um, how are you doing, Logan? Man, I'm great. Um, my friends and followers on social media will know I just got back from vacation with my brother. We do a brocation every year, um, and uh, this year we were in Houston, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, we didn't catch any fish, so oh well. Oh, oh well. But yeah, I saw that. It looked, it looked like you guys had a good time. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Our, our chicks are still growing. Uh, we lost one. Uh, so I, I said that we got chicks last time, and, and uh, yeah. unfortunately one didn't make it. So we have six now. Uh, but they're all doing good. And uh, anyway... We have our, I guess we're sort of continuing um, looking at, you know, the episodes that we said that we were going to do, you know, from other previous episodes. We'll do an episode on that. Well, uh, I guess there's a a recent, more recent one. I think the last one was from like episode nine. Uh, Yes. But uh, this one was from episode 36. Just Uh, a few episodes ago. Yeah, just, just a little bit ago. And... I don't remember the context, but we somebody mentioned the unforgivable sin, uh, and that's always a fun discussion, right? Uh, <laughs> so, so that was the episode on. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Zach. Go ahead. But that was the episode on should we stop reading Ecclesiastes for reference? Okay. Yeah, I still you say that, and I still have no idea where where we were. Where we I don't know why we talked about the unforgivable sin, but. That's why we said that's for another episode, because it wasn't for that episode. <laughs> exactly. And it was so that we would have this one. Uh, Correct. Yeah. So, the unforgivable or the unpardonable sin. Um, and this is... I'll go ahead and say that this is still contested as far as like what this is, and there's controversy, and uh, I guess maybe a little bit debate. Probably not much, but there's just some discussion about um you know the belief in this i don't know i mean me me and logan we we may not uh have the same perspective on this and that's that's the case with some things uh it'll it just happens uh in the church we um you know we we hold on to the truth but then there are things that are uh more difficult for us to interpret uh sometimes um and uh so we work together and we Come together with open hearts and minds and we turn to the Word of God and see what it has to say. Um, now, Logan, I don't know if you know off, off the top of your head. I know that uh, it's it, it, this occurs when Jesus talks about this. It occurs in Mark and in Matthew. Uh, I think it occurs in Luke as well, but I'm not sure. Maybe you, Maybe you know. But uh, off the top of my head, and I don't think this would be. I don't think this is in John at all. Uh, I know it's not John. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so, but we're going to look at uh, Mark's account of this. Uh, this is the most fresh in my mind. We had, oh wow, I guess it's been a while. Uh, we had a Mark study, and we uh, studied through um, 
this and, and that's that's the most recent that I've looked at this discussion so so we're gonna turn to uh, mark chapter 3 and uh, look at verses 28 through 30 to begin with um, and actually Logan I'd like for you to read that from the CSB if you would for sure Is that where you got most of the time most of the time <laughs> all right <clears throat> truly I tell you People will be forgiven for all their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. We, we prompted the very beginning of the episode, is there a sin that can't be forgiven? What does this mean for us? Let's try to nail down what this actually is, because there's, there's this unforgivable sin and people talk about the unforgivable sin, but what really is it? Like, yeah. what is it that they're they're doing? Did they actually do it or not? You know, is it a warning or is this something that they, you know? So we're going to answer these questions, but I think that you have to um, understand what blasphemy is because he says that which is unforgiven is... Um, in verse 29, whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. So that's what the unforgivable or the unpardonable sin is. Blasphemy against the Spirit. But what does that really mean? Yeah. Right? Um, now, blasphemy is one of those transliterated words, right? Uh, I know baptism is one. Do you know of another one that's a, that's a transliterated word in Scripture? I, I used to know like a whole list of I them. I keep putting you on the spot, but no, it's okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't think of any right now. Yeah, I, I know there's several, but uh, it's this is one of those words, and it's a compound word, uh, blapto, uh, which means to injure, and feme, which is to speak, and so blasphemy is uh, speech that injures. You know, it's. It's to speak against. It's injurious speech. Uh, so blasphemy against the Spirit would be to speak against the Spirit. So if we're talking about what this is, what Jesus is really saying here, it's speaking against the Spirit. Um, so, but what does that mean, right? It, right. Yeah, so like, I don't know. Like, is, is that enough information for us, Logan? Do we have to... Do something else. Just, <clears throat> I don't think it is. And I, I think that this is kind of an interesting thing. Um, you know, what we see here. And because even what the way my translation reads, and I want, I'm um, eternal sin. See, you know, your the translation you have in our notes is the same as mine. It doesn't say, it does not say the words unforgivable sin. Mm -hmm. It says eternal sin. Um, which maybe is the same thing. Yeah, it does but, say in verse 29, he never has forgiveness. I think that's where they okay, get that okay. from. Yeah. Well, so there you go. Um, I, I, the way I've, I see it, and maybe, um, I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, this is, it's something that is much more complex. I'll, I'll say that for right now, mm -hmm. than just, well, I accidentally said, I accidentally blasphemed the spirit. First of all, before we continue, I think we need to understand that that's not something you can do on accident. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and I've actually had this discussion. Okay, I've been a part of this discussion. I, uh, I want to make sure I, I phrase it right. Uh, at Bible camp, and I was listening to a much older, wiser man. Okay, <laughs> if he knew I said much older, he'd be mad. An older and definitely much wiser man um, talk about this. And so I, I have this. I have I have a lot of his words running through my head right now. But one of the things he said was it was this discussion. These kids were like, "What if I accidentally do this?" Like I'm just. He was like, you cannot accidentally yeah. blast in the spirit. So I want to make sure that we throw that out there too. Yeah. I And, and we're going to reemphasize this point later. Like, if you think that you've done this and you're worried about it, you haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but anyway, um, we've got to look at the context. Uh, right. The context is what we've, we really need to um, consider in all of this because there is a a deliberate context by which Jesus says this. And so we got to back up a little bit. Um, you know, what, what's happening here that Jesus says this, what, what, what's the issue there, Logan, that, that he's dealing with. This is early on in his ministry. Um, you know, he is healing on the Sabbath. He's doing these great things. Um, so what's happening here? Well, he's basically being accused of having a demon. I mean, to to put it distinct uh, succinctly, um, he uh, they're talking about how he drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. They say that in verse twenty two, mm-hmm. and they say, you know, he how can? But then he, you know, he replies, you know, how can Satan drive out Satan? You know, it's that, that's the whole crux of this is he's being accused of instead of being from God, being from, from Satan. So, I mean, logically, it's not the, the worst. <laughs> um, and, and let me explain that. Because when you have something you can't explain, it's absolutely supernatural. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, that's what people go to. So they're seeing these supernatural things happen, driving out of demons, healing of the sick. And they're like, well, he, we know he's not from God. So who must he be from? And that's where they that's where they go to, and their their flaw is immediately ruling out that he's from God, um, and so that's kind of where he's running up against here. Right. Um, it, you know, it's funny when I think we talked about this before in a previous episode, uh, verse mm-hmm. twenty one. His own people heard what he was doing, and they tried to take custody of him. And they said he was losing his mind, like he was losing his senses and all. And then, yeah. like, immediately after that. So, Jesus is not only doing these great things, he's also teaching a message. He's teaching right. about the kingdom. Uh, you know, telling people to repent. Um, you know, this is early in his ministry, and there's not really any teachings or anything that are brought up here. Um, but we know that he's going about doing this. He's teaching about the sure. kingdom. He's, he's gathering these followers. Um, and so leadership particularly would have issue with this. And who is it that said this in verse 22? It's the scribes, right? Yeah. They're often the ones that are set up with the Pharisees. And sometimes we talk about the Pharisees so much, but, you know, the scribes there, they were right alongside them. And they should have known, like, what the scripture said because it was their job to copy it. Um, and so... But because they are these elitist kind of people and they're higher up with these Pharisees, um, they don't want other people to draw followers. 
Uh, and so when they see this Jesus doing these great things, well, he's not one of us. It's kind of like what the disciples did with when they saw that man that was casting out demons, and we tried to tell him to stop because he's not one of us, right? Uh, you know, that's what the scribes are thinking about Jesus. The scribes, Pharisees, you know, he's not one of us, therefore he must be from from Satan. And he's saying, you know, that he's casting out demons by the rule of demons, by Beelzebul. Um, and so that's what they're doing when Jesus brings up this unforgivable sin, this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, eternal sin. You know, they are attributing his work to the work of Satan when it is the work of God. Uh, and so there's a question here. Do you think that they committed the sin or do you think that this was a warning? And and I'm going to answer this too. I want to see what you think first, Logan. I don't think so. You don't think they I don't did? think they committed the sin. Yeah. And I'm going to go back to what I already said. Um, you have, you can't accidentally do it. Yeah. Um, and I've got more reasoning for that that we'll get into, but I'm just going to leave it at that for right now that I don't think so. Okay. I, here's my definite answer. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, smart. Yeah. Well, I mean like the thing about it is if we take the definition of blaspheme, right. To speak against, Mm -hmm. who are they speaking against? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. But. By what power and by what work is Jesus doing that? Right. We could say it's by his own power, yeah. or we could say it's by the, the Spirit's power. So if Well, and then you get into the area of, if they're three in one, how can you just blaspheme one part of... A, of how can you blaspheme one third of me? That's partialism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my point, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, you've got, it's, it's, and I think that's why there's controversy as far as, like, what this is and whether they've committed this and, you know, because Jesus, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 32, he says, and whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, you know, him, it shall be forgiven mm-hmm. him, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So right. why is speaking against the Son forgivable, but the Spirit is not? And it's just like, that's interesting that this is all set mm-hmm. up in this way. And so I think that there is, that's so there's naturally some confusion about this, and that's why there's a lot of discussion about this. Um, I would say that what Jesus is doing is through the power of God right he is god we could talk about god as one uh and he is performing these things when when jesus talks about to his disciples in john chapter 14 you know when he says to philip if you've seen me you've seen the father Mm -hmm. right because there's that kind of oneness and i do nothing of my own but i'm of the father so how is how is the spirit involved in that too and it's just like you know, there's some questions about all of this, but 
Um, I have a quote from a commentary that I found in Mark um, by J.W. McGarvey and Philip Y. Pendleton uh, that kind of helped me make sense of this a little bit more. Um, uh, but they wrote in their commentary, Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is in its nature an eternal sin. For if one rejects the evidence given by the Holy Spirit and ascribes it to Satan, he rejects the only evidence upon which faith can be based, and without faith there is no forgiveness. So the idea that they're saying is, they're saying, and I think that this is the assumption that they make, and I, I tend to agree that, you know, Jesus, we could say Jesus is doing this by his own power, mm-hmm. but he is God, the Spirit is God. We could say that he's doing this through the work of the Spirit, and so if they're if he's doing this through the work of the Spirit, then they are calling the work of the Spirit the work of Satan. And right. and that fits that that definition of blasphemy against the Spirit, speak against mm-hmm. the Spirit. Right? So the big issue though, and the reason why Jesus brings up unforgiveness is not so that we can argue about all of these different things. It's actually a lot more simpler, I think than what we make this out to be. Because what did the scribes witness? I mean... Miracles. The yeah, miracle, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they saw, they saw things done by the power of God and then said, nope, it was the devil that did it. And it's just like, if there's anything... So, let me ask you this. I think that there is only one particular reason for miracles in Scripture. And I stand pretty hard on that. There may be some other minor things, but I think that there's particularly one reason why there are miracles in Scripture. And that is to confirm the word that's being taught. Right? We see this with with Moses. I agree with that. Yeah. So, we see this with Moses and the plagues. Uh, and what he did before Pharaoh and throwing down his staff and it turned into a snake and, you know, all of that right. stuff. Um, you know, God did some providential things and he did, worked miracles for Israel to get them out of Egypt. Um, but it was to show God's power to the nations, right? It was to confirm that this God, that the Israelites are getting this word from, that he's real. Um, and then accompanying the apostles and you know, even the prophets in the Old Testament, they performed miracles to confirm, hey, what I have to say is important because it comes from God. That's how the church was established in the first century with with these miracles confirming the word. And it's just like, why why is it that it, it took miracles to confirm this word? Maybe it didn't necessarily did do so, but... The point is that these miracles were performed so that there wouldn't be any sort of excuse as to who was speaking, right? Yeah. I mean, like, Jesus preaches this big old sermon, and then he feeds 5,000 plus people with seven loaves of bread, or five loaves of bread and two fish. So, like... Is there any legitimacy to what he just said? 
right. if he's able yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, I appreciate you bringing up that <clears throat> commentary excerpt because obviously that's not the word of God. No, but it's I, not. I, I think it falls perfectly in line. I don't think it contradicts anything. Um, that's not necessarily... I, I can get on board with that, but it's not like... I, I don't see that as, oh, that's... I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, I do, however... Um, I, I do like it. Because I don't, I see that as a possible explanation. Yeah. As in, the real sin and the real problem here is that you would be taking something that was from God and attributing it to Satan, thereby missing your true salvation, your 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 avenue to salvation that Christ was bringing to you, that the Spirit brings to you. Uh, you're missing it by attributing it to Satan. Yeah. That's how you miss forgiveness. And I, I, I see that jive in more ways than one with what Christ is saying here. So I I don't have a... I, I like that. I don't have... I'm going to have to mull on that. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, I mean... And I think I think that's kind of what they were saying there at the end. Uh, he, reject, they, he rejects the only evidence upon which faith can be based. And without faith, there is no forgiveness. So, right. like, I think that... By arguing about what's what what really this is and what's the point and if they did you know commit it and all that stuff, those are good questions and it's fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the the big issue is, look, they've been given evidence of God working, and they missed it, and so yep. now they cannot. They cannot. They've rejected this evidence that was supposed to give them faith. And so now they won't believe. They've they've turned away from the strongest argument. <laughs> the strongest argument is to do that which is completely impossible, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just denied it, uh, and they said it came from somewhere else. And so at that point, it's like, are they going to they listen do. to reason? Are they going to yep. listen to, you know, other scriptures? Are they going to listen to anything else? If they saw God working in a miraculous way and then just said, nope, that was from Satan. <laughs> I mean, do you think that they there's any repentance that's going to come from that? Are they, are they going to remain in that sin? And I think that's why Jesus talks about it as an eternal sin, because mm-hmm. it's one that's it's not repented of. It's one that's just mm-hmm. always going to remain and not yeah. find forgiveness of because... They're not wanting forgiveness. They've they've rejected. It's not that God. forgiveness isn't offered. Right, right, right. It's not that forgiveness isn't offered. Um, this is the kind of sin that you can't turn back from. And I think that there are those that that commit this today, in the sense that they are so id. And you may disagree, but they are so against God, and they attribute this as this. They, this word as a bunch of, they'll, they'll call it garbage, they'll call it, um, I think there was a, I'm trying to think of the individual that called Christianity a religion of death. Uh, yeah. You know, they, uh, um, you know, say all of these blasphemous things, they speak against what the Spirit has done, if this is inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in, has guided the authors and they're yeah. speaking gets what the Spirit's done in inspiring the Word of God. 
Uh, and, you know, a lot of people may disagree with me on that. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, some are so entrenched that it's, it's, it's not that forgiveness isn't offered. I think that, that that's important. It's not that that's forgiveness isn't offered. It's that, that they won't turn back. It's kind of like, and it's, it's interesting. I'm trying to remember the way this is in the book of Hebrews. There's one that comes to faith and then he falls away and it says that it's impossible for him to come back. Yeah, where I'm, I'm blinking and I'm, I'm, you have put me on the spot many times tonight, <laughs> I'm so but sorry. this one really, this one burns me up because Hebrews is my favorite book. <laughs> well, no, I want to, I want to turn there because that's, it's a really kind of interesting uh, passage. Hebrews chapter six, uh, verses uh, four through six and the new American standard, it says, uh, for in the case of those who have been enlightened and have tested and have tasted of the heavenly gift have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. And it's just yeah. like, wow, it says impossible there. And hmm. and I have known of Christians that I guess they beat the verse. I mean, like they, they, they fall away and they have a season that they go into the world after becoming Christians and then they decide to repent later. I mean, it does sure. happen. Yeah. Um so uh it that's I, I think that's that's very interesting that um it's it's not that forgiveness isn't offered. But there are some That's the important part yeah. that needs to be remembered that it's God does not God doesn't look at a sin and say, Well, that's too much. You went too far. I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this. Um, you've crossed the line. But instead we get to a point where we where we in our hearts have hardened our hearts so much that we will never be able to return from that. And it's not a God thing. It's not God cutting us off. It's ourselves being cut off because of something we think and we're something we've done. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a, that's a good way of kind of, we're going to stop there and we're going to come back to this. Um, Logan, do you have anything else you wanted to say before we move into the next part? No, sir. Okay, great. So we're going to have our break. We'll come back and discuss a little, discuss this a little bit more. Thank you so much for watching or listening today to the Bearing Up podcast. Uh, we invite you to like and share, uh, follow all of the, all of those things on social media. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Big shout out to the Ministry League. Uh, we are proud partners of them. They have a wonderful app with lots of Christian resources. They up the, update the app all the time. Uh, and so there's all new content all the time. Uh, a great resource uh, for anyone. And please check out our Patreon. Um, we have a lot of extra content on there. And uh, we do live videos. You get early access to the show. Uh, all that jazz. Um, uh, thanks so much again for watching or listening today. All right. So we've sort of talked about this uh, this passage from Mark chapter 3. Uh, yes. We discussed a little bit about this uh, already. 
now we're going to sort of move into this concept of, you know, we're a podcast about encouragement. Uh, and so maybe maybe what we'll just title this section of the, the episode, uh, all sin is able to be forgiven. We want to emphasize that point. Um, if there is someone that's listening and you're searching for God, uh, you, you have not committed this sin, uh, an eternal sin that cannot be forgiven of. Um, and I hope that we can reinforce this some with, with scripture. Um, so I've, I've got two on here, uh, Logan, and what I'll do, I, I guess I'll tackle the first one. I'll let you tackle the second one. Um, works for me. Yeah. So I've got first Timothy chapter one and verse 13. Um, I'm not going to read the passage. Actually, you know what? I am. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. We're just going to read a bunch of scripture. <laughs> We're going to feast on the word. Um, That's right. Starting in verse 12, actually. It says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor, and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. So Paul admits to being a blasphemer, right? The one who speaks against this injurious speech that we talked about. And in that injurious speech, uh, he was speaking out against Christ, um, but he was speaking out against all that the works of the apostles were doing and witnessing um Jesus Christ, Peter, James, John, they all knew of of Paul and what he was doing uh, against the church and being a persecutor of the church, vehemently hating the church of God. Um, and even after speaking out against God and the work of God's spirit, he could still be saved. Um, so I feel like I mean, as far as Paul goes, that's about as far as you can go, right? He, he, in um, Acts chapter 7, he consented to, to Stephen's death. They all laid their cloaks down in front of, of Saul, right? And, uh, you know, he so he consented to that. He was there. He was seeking out Christians to be imprisoned and to be judged, uh, you know, so it's just like you can't really get much worse than that and yet this man gets forgiven he becomes actually an apostle right right yeah yeah and i mean like that that that's a good he's a great example of this because i i think that that as far as the things he did and the things he said you can't really go much further especially today um, and I think that's the point that I was, <clears throat> that the the gentleman who, who taught who taught the lesson that I was able to, to listen to and witness, um, the point he made was that you can't possibly make that step, um, and that was and that's kind of where I lean to, because yeah. in my mind there are two options basically for as far as committing this unforgivable sin, one being that it's it's a it's a it's an indirect action, meaning the sin is a result of something you've already cut yourself off to, which is kind of what McGarvey talked about. The other 
which is kind of around 50%, 51% on right now, mm-hmm. is actually something that I could actually say and do right now. Um, but I, I can't do that because not only um, you can't do it accidentally because you can't accidentally curse somebody, even if you put the right words together. Part of it is you have to have an intention behind it. Mm-hmm. Second of all, um, there's, you know, even if even if I did string the right words together, um, that would probably not even be anything that the English language can contain. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, even, even if I did, you know, write the second, would my heart really be in it? No, I wouldn't mean that. Uh, so there's a lot of that behind it. But also with our capa- our, our ability to blaspheme the spirit um, in that way, mm-hmm. I don't see it as something that... I see it as a line that we can't cross because I have this all laid out in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's a line we can't cross because God, we can't blaspheme the spirit. We can't do it. You can't do it accidentally. You can't do it on purpose. Um, it's not really something that you can, you can even physically do. Okay. In my opinion, in that, on that side. Yeah. If you look at it the way McGarvey does, I think it is something you could do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's extremely, like, you have to, it's a path you have chosen. Right. To get to that point. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And, and so I guess the, the thing about it is, so, yeah, in the church, there's even like some, you know, differences that we have. And I think, Logan, you know, you and I, we have a difference in this, but like, it's, that's fine. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I do think it's something that you can do today, but at the same point, like, it just sort of depends on how you define this. Uh, because if you look at the context again, there, there were miracles involved, right? Correct. If we say, if we say it can only be when you're, you're talking against, uh, talking against a miracle, a particular miracle done by the Holy Spirit, then no, we can't do that today. Um, and maybe I just have a, we talk about an unforgivable sin, and the reality is that there are unforgiven sins that go much go in many different directions and they're they're mm-hmm. defined in many different ways and the unforgiven sin is that sin that is not taken to Jesus and it's not cleansed by right. Jesus. Uh, there are many who will not turn to Christ. Uh, there are many who have not turned to Christ, have not obeyed the gospel, and and so those sins are unforgiven. We know that salvation can only come through Jesus Christ. Uh, we must be in Christ uh, in order to have the blessings that are in Christ. You see that Ephesians chapter 1. The, so therefore, we have to, the scripture talks about us being baptized into Christ. So unless we have that, unless we have these other things that the scriptures stipulate, as far as our relationship with God, you know, Jesus said, you won't be a disciple of mine unless you abide in me, right? So there are lots of unforgiven sins. But I agree with you, Logan, in the sense that there's not anything in particular that we can do today that is just like, at that point... There is absolutely no hope, and you can't turn around, and you can't be forgiven. Well, and, and yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
So, no, I, I, that's all I wanted to say about it, really. It's And maybe we'll just emphasize this point again. You know, all sin is able to be forgiven. Uh, as, as far as we understand what we... If, if we've committed sin, even if we blasphemed God, yeah. uh, we can be forgiven of our sins. Because Paul well, was a blasphemer. Correct. And I think that this next verse really encapsulates that. And if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and read it as well. We're going to be in 1 John 1, verse 9. So, longest of all the 1, 2, 3 Johns, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Uh, chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So, I think that is good because when we talk about the idea of, well, I haven't sinned, mm-hmm. that I think is, uh, you know, how are you forgiven for something if you don't acknowledge it? Yeah, and you can include <laughs> you verse 8 for- too. You know, yes. Verse 8 there, what does that one say? It says, if we, if, if we say we have no sin, yeah. we are de- deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. So I think that that plays a role in this discussion as well. Uh, you only had verse 9, but I read 8 through 10. Um, because that's how can, how can I expect God to forgive me a sin that I have not said, God, I repent of this. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's, you know, you know, I, there's, there's some, there's some tightrope walking here Mm -hmm. because there are sins that I didn't know I committed. I might have, I might have said something to someone today that was a sin and I crossed the line and I don't even know it. Um, but that comes back to being a repentful heart. When I stri- when someone says, "Look, you did this," you're gonna say, "Oh my goodness, you're right. I shouldn't have done that." Mm-hmm. Or do I say, "No, I didn't. No, I didn't." And I'm good at that. Yeah. I am a great at defending myself. I'm great <laughs> at saying, "No, uh, this is why." Well, let me give you reasons: one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Why I did that it doesn't matter. I think we all it can be matter. that way sometimes. We're defensive instead of yep. humble about, and I think that's that's part of it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is part of all this is when God, when we have, when we're in the word, we see those things and we, God brings that to our attention. We say, oh man, I did that right there. And it says it plain as the nose of my face. Do we then say, that's right, God forgive me. Or do we say, no, I, I don't know about that. I don't think I, I don't think I sinned. Or when other people bring it to our attention. And I think that that is also tied into all this. I agree. How can we be forgiven? And I've already said this, so I'll, I'll say it again, then I'll wrap up this monologue. But how do we forgive it for things that we haven't asked forgiveness for? Yeah. And I think verses 8 through 10, in talking about owning up to our sins and our mistakes, mm-hmm. there's an attitude there, right? In verses 8 and not, or eight and 10, it's like, it's prideful. Right, and I think there's a pridefulness in denying God's word or the work of the Spirit or anything of that nature. There's just a pridefulness with this. Um, but verse nine, really, there's a submission and there's a humility and there's a dependence. You know, when we confess sins to Christ, it's like God, I've I've done this and. 
you know, maybe, maybe there's some things that I've done and I haven't, I don't even realize that I've done them, but I'm bringing myself before you and I'm bringing myself before you in this way of, you know, I'm humbling myself to you and I'm asking for your forgiveness, you know, asking for your cleansing. Um, and we're forgiven of our sins and it's just like completely wiped clean we're white as snow and we can go on our way rejoicing when we find that forgiveness um and i want to emphasize that point there in that verse that it says that he is faithful yeah or he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so all unrighteousness is not a little bit it's not it's not just all right you didn't you asked me to forgive you your sins but you didn't say this very specific sin that you weren't even aware of but because you weren't even aware of it i'm gonna hold it against you forever no Mm -hmm. when we go to god he forgives us all of our unrighteousness and we're we're washed we're clean once again um so I don't think we have anything to worry about, do we? No, and that's the that's again the point that I think we've made at the beginning and we've been kind of reiterating this whole time is that forgiveness never stopped being extended. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, we talk about this sin and, and I've heard it thrown out before. Um, and, and honestly, you know, in hindsight, looking at it, it's kind of scary the way it was thrown out in, in some of the circles I was in. Like the unforgivable sin, ha ha ha, yada yada. And we got a yada yada through it. And I, it was never explained to me super well until I was already a youth minister. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so um, there was a lot of that. Um, I have a visitor. Are you going to get on here with me? Hey. So <laughs> forgiveness, however, never stops being extended to us for anything we've ever done, ever. Um, it's th- This is talking about the hardness of our own hearts. And so that's kind of... We like again. We've reiterated that, but uh, we don't. You know, we don't. We just can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Right. This has been what's making noise in the background for everybody. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've actually sum up summed this up up, up pretty well. Uh, you know, this is. Uh, I guess it's probably going to be a shorter episode, but you know, pretty concise in, in our discussion. I feel like. Uh, so I guess at this point in time, uh, Logan, unless you have anything else, we'll go ahead and we'll close with the prayer and, okay. uh, our servant spotlight. Very good. All right. We're going to pray. Okay. Close your eyes. Dear God, we thank you for today. And Lord, I'm so thankful for this episode that we've had. And Lord, I'm so very thankful for the chance that Zach and I have gotten to talk about this. I pray that we encourage somebody, God, and that ultimately your word was spoken and your truth was spoken through Zach and I. I thank you for this day. Lord, I'm thankful for all our listeners, and I pray that uh, you encourage them through us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today's Servant Spotlight is going to be the West Irwin Church of Christ. Um, A few weeks ago, I visited there on my mission to find a good church home, and uh, they, due due to COVID, they had not had a family day uh, in, in, I guess they said, two or three years. Um, Well, they had their family day which is, I, I guess there's probably a better name for it, but their baby day where they show all the babies that were born over the last year, 
Well, since they hadn't done it in two or three years because of COVID, they did three years back. And so it was, I mean, there was a family with two kids up there of different ages. So uh, a servant, servant spotlight to that church. They are, what was that face for? They are, um, they're a very good congregation in this area. And uh, we, we really, I really appreciated being there for that and seeing all those kids uh, get to come up there and see the church growing in that way. Uh, do you have anything else to say? Thanks for watching.